Welcome to the TechFace podcast. We at TechFace are all about connecting female tech communities with companies to support their members finding a meaningful career in tech. In this podcast, we interview women who have a career in tech to inspire your own journey. Let's listen to our next guest on this episode. Today, we welcome to our podcast Adriana Colini. Adriana and I, we actually met through one of these um, networking and uh, opportunities. So we are both part of a WhatsApp group with lots of women in there, networking and connecting with each other. And that's how we met. And I thought she has a very interesting life or very interesting career as well. And therefore, I invited her to talk about her career and share some insights with us. So first of all, welcome, Adriana, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Priska. I'm super excited to be on TechFace. And I guess we get started that uh, you introduce yourself a little bit about where you're coming from, what you do today. Yeah, happy to do so. So hi, everyone who is listening in. My name is Adriana, as Priska said. I am part of the investment team at Seedstars, where we support tech entrepreneurs in emerging markets. I've just lived in Cambodia over the last few months. And in general, I have been kind of a nomad over the last three years, uh, mostly traveling in Asia for my work, covering 16 countries, but also all over the world as we're covering now 85 countries from Chile to Fiji. And um, yeah, before that, I have been working in consulting, the, the master's in strategy and innovation in Austria and India. Sounds really interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit jealous about you being this, um, I would say it's a kind of a digital nomad as well, because you're traveling through Asia and I'm sure you have a lot of digital touch points. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We have a fully <laughs> distributed team. Tell us a little bit, how long have you been working in the tech industry? So you basically mentioned just now that you're supporting tech entrepreneurs, but what is your connection to the tech industry or how long have you actually been in this part? So I myself, I'm not that much of a techie as I want to be. So for me, it's more of a support role, a financing role, a mentoring role of the people that actually do the tech in that sense. So in my case, it's more that I try to find startups that have been on a good trajectory and that we want to support to actually reach a regional or global scale. And we do this through different ways. So that might be uh, venture capital financing or that might be more of a mentoring kind of opportunity. So for example, putting them through an acceleration program where we work with them in, on a more intense scale over the period of three months, for example. When you work with these people, how much of, of what they do in the tech industry do you need to understand? And how much do you think you're missing of understanding? So when we, for example, invest in them, we need to understand every single bit because we need to do a proper due diligence, which covers, for example, the legal part. We need to look into the market, but we also need to look into the tech. And if I might not understand what they um, do in detail, I might ask someone else who has a more expertise in, for example, AI, 
to, to help you with the due diligence of the tech part. That is really easy as we have someone with a PhD in AI on our team. If it's not so easy, I might have to reach out to some other expert outside of our team. But for sure, this means that that we would have to get someone else on board who understands that really much in detail. When I work with them, uh, with startup founders in, for example, an acceleration program, it's also important that I understand how exactly it works in terms of how they operate their business. So it's not that much than always tech in very much of a detail as when it comes down to coding but for example very important when it comes to things like what is their user interface and their user experience how do they sign on new customers in order to really make this the user journey as easy as possible and for them to reach out to new customers and have them return as well it sounds to me that you touch a lot of different areas in the tech industry so that for me, it's very interesting. So you not kind of being the super expert on one area, but you oversee everything and you learn from every part of the tech industry. That's one of the very exciting things about being a venture capitalist. It sounds like it. So if you look at your past or what you learned in school, how do you think how important it was for you to choose the topics at university or how much could you still reuse what you learned? Oh, that's a very good question. So having studied in a bachelor and master business focused subjects, and then I added on some engineering afterwards, and I did a high school focused on IT and programming. Mm -hmm. So most of my education was in business and only like tech sprinkled on top of it. Like in hindsight, while I really loved what I did, I would um, basically turn it around and focus more on the tech um, as the guiding principle and then add business on top of it as I think it's easier to do. So yeah, if, if I would suggest for anyone else what to do, I would definitely say, yeah, focus around be it math, physics, some other science, and then add, add the business on top of that. And okay. I think it's easier to acquire. Was there any other reason that you choose this approach with, uh, with business and tech? Did you have also in your childhood maybe some touch points already with the tech industry? Or what is it that fascinates you about the tech industry? So I started um, a bachelor's in international business because it kind of combined, I thought back then, the math I loved in school, but also the languages. So I got to learn new languages like Russian, which was exciting um, during my bachelor's. And then regarding the early points in tech, I, I was one of these kids who, you know, had their own websites when they were like 10, 11, 12 years old, programming a tiny bit, like playing around with that. So I was definitely fascinated by that. And that's why I then pursued an IT high school. And also during my, during my summer breaks, I don't know how that is in Switzerland or wherever the, your listeners are listening in from. But in the part of the world where I'm from, a lot of high school students work during summertime to like get a bit of pocket money and stuff. So I did that in a production company. So working on machines eight hours a day. Um, and I really liked that. So 
that's why I both like kind of the IT but also the hardware. So yes, we do that as well. It's interesting to see that you already early in your age had the first experience with with tech, and it's uh, for me it's great to hear that you had your own website. I mean, that's the first venture into programming, I guess, as well a little bit, and just teaching yourself as well, like I guess about um, tech and what's out there. So. What is it that you love today about your job or about the tech part as well? So the main thing I love is really supporting the entrepreneurs that are shaping our tomorrow, our future. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the most exciting part for sure. They are super visionary. They want to impact how people live. They want to improve the environments they live in. They see what's going wrong in their countries, for example, and really step in. So that is the most exciting part. And tech, of course, helps to bring it to a scale where it reaches a lot of people. So it makes the lives of a lot of people easier. And also, of course, helps the entrepreneurs to build a scalable business, a profitable business. Where do you see tech going in, in the future? That's a very good question. <laughs> Everyone wants to know that. So I think there are kind of two ways of how to interpret this question and looking at it from a more emerging market perspective. There's so many people still to be reached by tech, which I find super exciting. Um, I think a lot of your listeners might know Mary Meeker's yearly report on kind of the state of the internet. And if you look at where the internet users are that have already for example, access to internet and access to smartphones nowadays, you will see that both the biggest group of users that we already have, but also the the biggest amount of potential users, so people that do not have access to the internet yet, are in Asia. And that is very interesting to me. So to to see all the kind of services that these people might still need when it comes to financing, for example. So how, how do you get alone when you've never had a had a bank account and so these things are very exciting also what listeners in the west might not know kind of these super apps that are happening in for example china but also in asia in general where i mean we in the west i think only hear about oh wechat for example from china oh it's so bad it has all your data but it's also interesting like why are these super apps existing like in the West, you have a thousand different apps that do a thousand different things, while in Asia, you would have one app that, that includes your Facebook, that includes your WhatsApp, that also offers like Amazon-like services, that offers food delivery, and all that is in one app. And the simple reason is that smartphones are often cheaper, and they don't have so much memory. So you don't have so much space for 10 different apps that do these things for you, but you have one. Um, and so all these things, thinking about how to... Uh, built for these emerging markets is an interesting thing that that I occupy myself with. Mm, absolutely. It sounds very interesting because I remember when I was um, in uh, Vietnam, I was quite su- surprised to see how much internet access they already had in smaller villages, which I wouldn't expect. So I'm actually quite surprised to hear now that Asia is still the area where people have less internet connection. And I think on the other hand, what you just mentioned as well, that how you could basically make life better for people with technology is something which is always fascinating as well for me in, in a lot of 
uh, discussion you hear that tech is something bad, it takes away our jobs. But then on the other hand, if you hear stories like these where the, the internet, the technology is helping people to grow and to be financially independent and so on, that's really the place where I think we should look more into as well. A hundred percent, yeah. And just to point out one thing, I mean, there's both a lot of potential when it comes to internet users in emerging markets, but then especially looking at Asia, so they have more internet users than any other place in the world combined. And this is also why Asia will simply dominate in the future, just because there's many more people and they are developing things really, really fast. Like if you talk about Vietnam, like the taxi there is booming. So many companies are outsourcing their development to Vietnam because people are really good there. That's true. I've heard about this as well. So I think what's interesting as well to hear is also you have a complete different path into tech compared to those I interviewed before. What is your recommendation now from your standpoint how to get into a path, a career path you chose for our listeners? Yes. So I, like I said it before, I don't, I am not a techie in the sense that I could really build myself anything, but I've always been fascinated by it and always learning on the side. So right now, for example, I'm taking an online class on how to learn Python. And before that, I studied um, mechanical engineering on the side just for fun. So for me, it has always been something that while I'm not doing it 100%, unfortunately, uh, realizing it too late, I guess, um, but always pursuing it on the side. And I think this is also then something that just people saw and they saw how fascinated I am by it. So I have never been hindered by not studying uh, coding or something full time. But for me, really having conversations with different people around it. So I think even if, you're, if you haven't done a degree in computer science, for example, you can still find your way into it by doing it on the sidelines and then going to meetups and really talk to people around it and also see yourself then as an engineer, if this is something that you want to pursue. I think it's a lot about how you see yourself and, and how you portray yourself to others and don't belittle yourself. Um, I'm part of this, I don't know whether you've heard about this, there's this woman plat a platform for women in tech to talk candidly online, that's kind of their, their line. Uh, it's called Alpha. They've just been part of Y Combinator Dispatch. And they have a lot of stories on women who pivot their careers into tech. So it might be a teacher that pivots into a program manager position. And they show really nicely how it's done and how you really have to see yourself then as this new role and don't belittle yourself as someone who did not study computer science. So it comes a lot down to acquiring the new skills, self-confidence and networking. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I also believe the world is changing how we learn. So I have the feeling like 40, 50 years ago, it was kind of, you do an education, is it an apprenticeship or a study? And then you start your job and you're in this industry or in this role for the rest of your life. You're not going to move. And nowadays, 
there is so much change happening. I mean, even if I look at my own career and at your career and all the other careers, there's so much opportunity to change. It's just a question as well of how much effort do you want to put into, how important it is for you. And if I truly believe if you have the dream to move into tech and you see, as you said, you see yourself in a certain position, there is definitely opportunities to pursue this kind of role or this position for sure but yeah no what you're pointing out is so right the half-time life of like skills and knowledge is dropping like crazy thanks a lot for this i mean it's very important that we show our listeners as well what what's possible out there who did it before and also having all this recommendation and, and insights that it is definitely possible to move into the tech industry even if you are not from this area or have studied something completely else. So before we close this interview, I would like to ask you some speed questions and I'd like to ask you to um, answer with what comes first into your mind. So first okay. question, who is your favorite female role model? Oh, there are so many. Um, one that comes to mind is Aileen Lee from Cowboy Ventures. Um, who came from Kleina Perkins, then founded her own um, her own venture fund, and she's also one of the women behind All Race, who do a lot focused on the U.S. on bringing more women into both the VC world and the startup world, and also bring in general more like really highlight the lack of diversity in the space. She's someone who comes to mind. Then Lolita Taub who is a kid of immigrants from Mexico, I think, grew up in a garage in California and then really made it through the ranks. Um, and she just shares her path and her learning so authentically. Anisha Singh is someone who comes to mind. She's um, the founder of Maidala and now an investor in Asia. And also Nita Pat Ark, who I get to work with a lot. She's an investor at Open Space and a dear friend. So there's so many great women out there who. So what I'm I'm sharing so many names because what I hate is this picture of women not helping each other but pushing each other out of the room. I think that's a very old stereotype when men only had one woman at the table and when that was maybe true back then but I think now women are really supporting each other so much and these are only a few names of people mm -hmm. I really love and look up to and some of them I know in person and get to work with. What is your most important skill? I think learning and being excited about new things. Cool and the last one what is the best advice you were ever given to? <laughs> uh, so I think feedback is really important and I also installed in my last program I ran we had a weekly feedback session in the team so I really like that and I think one of the most important feedbacks I got though was my mom <laughs> when I was at home uh, working from home and having hence a lot of phone calls always working remotely means being a lot on the phone mm -hmm. and she told me that as soon as I pick up the phone I don't have my normal voice anymore I think a lot of us have our phone voices but that I make this kind of very girlish voice um, and this really pushed me to notice a lot when I put myself into more of a very stereotypical female kind of position where you know, I 
bring people coffee and all um, because I want to be like so helpful and all. And, but my male colleagues don't care whether someone ran out of coffee, ran out of water or whatever. So I try to balance that of being helpful and all, but not putting myself into a kind of a minor stereotypically female role. Thanks a lot for your time. It was great to have you on the podcast. Very great insights we could share today. And yeah, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much, Priska, for having me on and all your good questions. Thanks for doing this. I think it's really important to highlight women who are in tech. Thanks for tuning in today and listening to this inspiring talk on TechFace podcast. Want to be the first to know about the next episode or get first-hand access to our events? Join TechFace and sign up today on techface.ch. As a new member, you will get a free career coaching call and will always be the first to know about exciting events, news and insights. We look forward to welcoming you as our valued member.